Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here. Great to have you back. A uh, few changes on the AWS Podcast front. We have replatformed it, so hopefully you haven't noticed <laughs> that that took place. Uh, and it's one of those weird situations that if you can't hear this, that it didn't go well. So hopefully you heard it and it went well. But aside from that, I have lots and lots and lots of updates to catch you up on. In fact, I think it'll probably span more than one episode, but we'll see how we go. So without any further ado, let me tell you what's been going on. So firstly, we're pleased to announce that AWS Glue is now available to you. AWS Glue is a fully managed ETL service. That's extract, transform, and load. And this helps you get your data ready for analytics. Now, many of you will be familiar with ETL jobs and shudder at the thought of them because that is complicated, difficult, and a classic example of our old friend, undifferentiated heavy lifting. So what AWS Glue lets you do is to create Python code through a GUI, or you can code it yourself, that is customizable, reusable, and portable, and allows you to schedule it using AWS Glue's managed scale-out Spark environment. Now, this is completely serverless, no servers involved. Uh, it gives you a scheduler, it gives you dependency resolution, job monitoring, and alerting. So there's no upfront work you've got to do. You just set it and forget it and get it going. So in a nutshell, you build your data catalog. And in fact, AWS Glue will crawl your data sources itself and use some pre-built classifiers to give you an idea of what your data set looks like. Um, it supports things like JSON, CSV, Parquet, and others. Then you can generate and edit the transformation. So it'll create the transformations it thinks you need. And as well as creating the Python code using PySpark, it'll also show you a graphical representation as well. So you can kind of visualize the steps. And then you schedule and run your jobs. And they run on a periodic basis. And again, you pay as you go and pay for what you use. Now, the nice thing is this does, of course, have a free tier as well. So you can do some experimentation. So I'd highly recommend that you give it a go if you're doing anything that involves the phrase ETL as well, which is very nice. Now, it's currently available in the US East North Virginia region. And of course, we plan to expand to additional regions in the coming months, which will be pretty exciting. And in terms of what data sources are supported, so AWS Glue natively supports any data that's stored in Amazon Aurora, uh, Amazon RDS MySQL, RDS PostgreSQL, Amazon Redshift, Amazon S3, as well as MySQL and Postgres databases in your VPC running on EC2. Uh, the metadata that is stored on the AWS Glue data catalog can be accessed from Amazon Athena, Amazon EMR, and Amazon Redshift Spectrum as well. Now you can also write custom PySpark code and you can import custom libraries into your Glue ETL jobs. So you can also access those data sources not natively supported by AWS Glue. Lots of information in the documentation about that. And of course, you can expect more and more sources to be natively available as well. Now, another new major announcement for our customers is a major update to Cloud HSM. So we learned a lot from our first generation product, and this is around uh, customers being able to store and process sensitive data. So encryption information, sensitive information, et cetera. And many customers would use uh, hardware-based key management, um, which is what AWS Cloud HSM does, to meet very stringent security and compliance requirements for particularly regulated workloads, et cetera, and things that need hardware security modules or HSMs. So building on this experience, we've created a kind of a ground up new version of the solution for our customers. And it has a number of really interesting capabilities that are new. So let me run through them for you. Firstly, it is pay as you go. 
So CloudHSM is now offered under a pay-as-you-go model that is much more simple and cost-effective, and there is no upfront fees. It is fully managed, so it's now a scalable managed service. So there's provisioning, patching, high availability, and backups are all built in and taken care of for you. Uh, So scheduled backups, for example, will extract an encrypted image of your HSM from the hardware using keys that only the HSM hardware itself knows, and you can restore that only to identical HSM hardware as well. And for durability, these are stored on S3 and are also encrypted again with server-side S3 encryption using an AWS KMS master key. It is open and compatible, so it's standards compliant with support for multiple APIs and programming languages, things like PKCS number 11, uh, Java cryptography extension, and Microsoft CryptoMG. So it gives you lots of options to move from one cloud HSM to another very, very simply. We're also stepping up the security certification. So this will support FIPS 140-2 level 3, which means it's got security mechanisms that are designed to detect and respond to physical attempts to access or modify the HSM as well. Your keys are exclusively single-tenant access and tamper-resistant in tamper-resistant HSMs that appear in your virtual private cloud, your VPC. Uh, Cloud HSM also supports quorum authentication for critical administrative and key management functions. So this lets you define a list of N possible identities that can access the functions and then require at least M of them to authorize the action. So this means you need the right number of people to do significant things. It also supports multi-factor authentication using tokens that you provide. Also, the nice thing is this updated Cloud HSM is an integral part of AWS, and it works really well with some of the other tools and services. So, for example, you can create and manage a cluster of HSMs using the AWS Management Console, the CLI, or API calls as well. So this is a really exciting upgrade to the capability. It's The new one is already available in US East, Northern Virginia, US West Oregon, US East Ohio, and EU Island regions, and more of them are in the works. And pricing starts at $1.45 per HSM per hour. So pretty nifty new capabilities there. And speaking of nifty new capabilities, another one that was just announced is something called Amazon Macy. And Amazon Macy is a really interesting service powered by machine learning that can automatically discover and classify your data stored in Amazon S3. Now, once it's been classified by Macy, it could also assign data a business value and then monitor that data to detect any suspicious activity based upon access patterns, etc. So what are some of the things that this is useful for? Well, firstly, it's all about understanding where your data is, what it is, and who accesses it. And many people look at this from a risk perspective, looking for things like data leaks, breaches, and unauthorized access. So this is a really useful tool. In fact, it's a kind of a weapon, hence sort of a maciness, um, allowing you to actually detect proactively what's going on here. So let me break down what the four things that it does are, and then we'll dive into a little bit of detail. So firstly, it does data security automation. So this is analyzing, classifying, and processing the data itself to understand historical patterns, user authentications for the data, uh, data access locations, and times of access. So what typically happens with the data? Then it does data security monitoring. So it's actively monitoring usage logs for anomalies And it also has automatic resolution of reported issues through CloudWatch events and Lambda. So you can actually do something when you see something go a little bit unusually from the norm. It has data visibility for proactive loss prevention. So it means you can see what's happening in your data that's stored and have immediate protection without the need for manual customer input. So again, that automatic 
response. And it also provides for data research and reporting. So you can adjust and change your alert and configuration management requirements. So you can imagine doing this in the past would be challenging because you'd have to have someone go through all this information. Now, the nice thing is this is where machine learning fits in. And we talk about machine learning and AI quite a lot on the podcast. It's a good example of it being used in practice. Basically, it could automate the classification of your data in your S3 buckets. The other thing that um, Amazon Macy does is use predictive analytics as well to look for data patterns. And those learnings from those different data patterns allow it to figure out what suspicious behavior might look like. The other nice thing that Macy does is runs an engine specifically to detect common sources of what's called personally identifiable information, or PII, or sensitive personal information, which is also known as SP. And what this does is continuously checks and looks for things that look like it might be, you know, credit card number, some sort of uh, uh, specific identification number, um, address information, etc., and allows you to see if those things are at risk. Now, the nice thing is you simply specify the buckets you want to have Macy track, and it does that all automatically and does the analytics for you in a very simple and automated fashion. The dashboard itself is a really nice, sort of nice graphical view of what's going on. It will show things like high-risk uh, S3 objects, uh, the number of events that are involved, particular snapshots of user interactions, etc. Lots and lots of ways to slice and dice the information, which makes it nice and easy to consume as well. Pricing is purely based on the amount of data that you're classifying, so the amount of content that you're classifying, and also the amount of AWS S3 audit history that you're capturing as well. There are some additional monthly fees if you choose the optional extended data retention period, but you can have a look at that on the pricing page as well. Now, the nice thing is, is that for these capabilities, there are also uh, some additional uh, levels of which there are no charge. For example, the first gig processed of the content classification has no charge and the first 100,000 cloud trail events for example have no charge as well so you can do some experimentation select a bucket and see what you can see so that's a new service available to you now many customers are moving dozens hundreds or even more applications to aws and this can be a non-trivial task you've got to organize dependencies you've got to do the server migration the data migration etc so what the aws migration hub does is allows you to see it in one central location and manage it irrespective of the size of the migration or the number of tools that you're using now the great thing is there's no additional cost to use this service so this provides a really nifty central point to manage what's going on in your environment in a simple place. It gives you a nice intuitive migration dashboard, very visually appealing, so you can show the status to your stakeholders. You can see what's happening from a percentage complete perspective, and you can integrate with a number of different tools. So you can use AWS migration tools like the AWS Server Migration Service and the AWS Data Migration Service, which we've spoken about. You can use partner tools like Cloud Endure, RaceMe, etc. It allows you to really choose the best mix and match to get the job done very, very effectively. Now, this particular service is available in the US West Oregon region. However, you can use it for running tools really anywhere you need to have for your migration purposes. So a pretty nifty little thing. And as I said, no charge for the hub itself. You only pay for the tools that you use. So speaking of things that customers have asked for, many customers have been using the Amazon Elastic File System or EFS for shared storage, very successfully and enjoying what it does. But one of the key asks has been, can we have support for encryption of data at rest? And the answer now is yes, you can. So now you can set this up in seconds when you create a new file system. You simply choose either a built-in key or a key that you provide via KMS, the AWS Key Management Service, 
and your file system is encrypted transparently for you. The nice thing is that it is totally transparent and has a minimal effect on overall performance. The other nice thing is it's available at, in all regions where EFS is supported and at no additional charge. So basically you create your file system and you provide encryption as an option that you'd like it to support and away you go. So for those of you who have been waiting to experiment with EFS because you're waiting for encryption of data at rest, go for it. Now those were some pretty big announcements, but I also like rolling through some of the additional capability announcements because they are often things that you've been waiting for, things you're saying, I'd love to use this service, but, or it'd be great if this did this. So hopefully I can tick a few of those off for you real quick. So the first one is AWS Batch now support adds support for AWS CloudFormation. So you can now provision AWS Batch resources using AWS CloudFormation, which means you can do things repeatably and you can pre-build things. So typical examples of things you might use for AWS Batch for are job queues, compute environments, and job definitions as well. Now, AWS Batch is available in the following regions, US East North Virginia, US West Oregon, US East Ohio, US West Ireland, EU London, EU Frankfurt, Asia Pacific Tokyo, and Asia Pacific Sydney. And there is no additional charge for AWS Batch. You simply pay for the AWS resources that you create to store and run your batch jobs. So a nice little change there. Speaking of nifty little changes, the AWS IAM console now rem remembers your preferences for table columns selections and for policy viewing and editing. So there was a release of a new console a little while ago, which allowed you to view things a little differently. And now you can actually remember those preferences of how you've chosen to organize and sort your table column selections and your IAM policy viewing and editing. So now what it means is that when you organize your page, the next time you open it up, it'll look the same which is one of those small but very handy things. Another small but very handy thing, AWS CloudTrail integration is now available in Amazon Lex. So now when Amazon Lex API calls are made, those get stored as well for you in AWS CloudTrail, which is a fantastic service, of course, to see what's been happening in your account. Another new capability is in the EC2 Systems Manager, and this relates to maintenance, the Maintenance Windows service. Now, the Maintenance Windows service lets you define a set of tasks and locations or instances where those tasks should be run and the schedule upon which they should take place. So you can imagine that doing maintenance on servers is a pretty regular thing, so having some automated fashion to do it is pretty handy. Well, the nice thing is that Maintenance Windows now supports Systems Manager automation documents, AWS Step Function Tasks and AWS Lambda Functions as tasks, as well as support for Parameter Store, which we spoke about in the previous podcast. So what this means is you can now do very complex workflows on your instances. So for example, you could be patching a server uh, that's running SQL Server using an automation document. Now there's been a fantastic blog post giving you some examples of how to do this that I'll link to in the show notes, but it's just important to understand that there are now a whole bunch of new task types that you can use when doing maintenance on your servers in an automated way. And so last update for this episode, but certainly not least, is a new capability that's available in beta for developers. Now, most of you listening to the podcast know I'm a huge fan of serverless software design and development. I think it's a pretty exciting and handy way to do things. I've been building a few things myself with it recently. However, many people like to work locally on their laptop. Um, they don't want to be connected to the network. They just want to get stuff done locally very quickly. So now we can announce that the AWS SAM Local beta is available for you. Now, SAM Local allows you to easily build and test your serverless applications 
locally. Now, SAM is the serverless application model that we uh, introduced last year that makes it very easy to deploy serverless applications. And uh, you can check out how that works as a separate topic. But what SAM Local does is brings some of those capabilities to your local machine. So what does it do? Firstly, it lets you develop and test your AWS Lambda functions locally using SAM Local and Docker. It lets you simulate function invocations from known event sources, so things like S3, DynamoDB, Kinesis, and SNS and more. It lets you start a local Amazon API gateway from a SAM template and quickly iterate on your functions with hot reloading so you can quickly update. It lets you validate your SAM template and you can even integrate that with linters or IDEs. And it also gives you interactive debugging support for your Lambda functions. So all these types of things sound pretty good to me. So link in the show notes with a walkthrough of how to do this in a number of different languages and something to have a play with if you like developing locally. So lots and lots of updates there. I hope you've enjoyed it. As ever, we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com. And as always, with all these new things to play with, as ever, keep on building.